0: Welcome to the One City Church audio experience. My name is Jesse Dan Yusuf and I serve as the lead pastor. Our vision is to see everyone everywhere becoming one with God, and our mission is to bring heaven to earth, in our city as it is in heaven. Right now, we are preparing for the official launch of our church on Sunday, the 1st of October, 2023, and we're inviting you to be a part of this special move of God. For more information, you can visit our website www.one-city.org or follow us on social media at One City Online. Now let's listen to the message. If you're just joining us for the first time, we are doing a teaching series called Building One City. And this community has been on a journey of God um, rebuilding us. Amen. We've transitioned from a ministry called the Tribe Assembly. And now we are one Movement ministries, one gospel movement, and now we're planting a church in about seven months, six months, five or so, um, called One City Church. Amen. So, this season, the Lord is showing us what we are going to become. And today is week four of what God has been revealing what we will be. Amen. We started with our vision, which is what? One to go everyone everywhere becoming one with god one more time everyone everywhere becoming one with god glory to god and our mission is what here as in heaven in abuja as it is in heaven glory to god and we learned about the presence of god and how we are to steward the presence of god and always know that we are in the presence of god as a church as a community we don't come to worship we come worshiping amen we come with the presence of God. Are you with me? The presence of God, yes, manifests himself in the two-hour service, but we come with the presence of God. Glory to God. And last week we learned something profound, our first value as a house, that we are to pull down idols and to what? Lift up Jesus. And our first value is what? Jesus at the center. Say it with me, Jesus at the center. He's the one we worship, he's the one we preach. He's, all, he's the reason for all that we do. In him we move, in him we breathe, in him we exist. Because of him we are here. You're not gathered around Pastor Jesse or Pastor Eva for um, beautiful worship or for any other reason. We are gathered here because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And today we are going to be diving deeper into um, some of the values that God has been revealing to us. Glory to God. Okay, so we're going to be talking about something profound, you know. Often when the Lord gives us, gives you a vision, we get excited about it. Then as you start to walk in it, you just start to feel the weight of what God is doing. So for the past few weeks, I've been feeling the weight of this everyone, everywhere. And today we're going to be talking about the everyone part. You know... When we say everyone, we're not talking about an abstract concept. We're talking about people. Amen? We're talking about what? People. We're talking about what? People. And one of the words the Lord gave us in this house is that people will come from everywhere. We'll see all kinds of people from different social status to different ethnic backgrounds and tribes. Um, We'll see people that are healing and recovering from all sorts of things. And we are to welcome and accept them. Amen? The church is a hospital, amen? The church is meant to help the healing process. But don't get me wrong, the church is not just a hospital, the church is a barracks. Are you with me? Amen. The church is a what? Is a barracks and God is our king, he's our warrior king, and he's sending us as soldiers of Christ. But often, can we be be honest a bit? Some of the people that have hurt us, are some of the people in church, people who claim to love God, people who worship God, and some of the deepest hurts we faced in our lives are from the people of God. We're going to read a very long text, and by the grace of God, I will dissect, I will help dissect what's happening. So can you open to 1 John 4, 7? We're going to read a very long passage. And we're going to read all the way into chapter 5. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that with my leave through him. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Verse 16, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Say it with me. As he is, so also are we in this world. One more time. As he is, so also are we in this world, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Say it again, say it with me. We love because he first loved us. One more time. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and he hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom... has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen and these commandments we have from him whoever loves God must also love his brother chapter 5 verse 1 everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God and everyone who loves the father loves whoever has been born of him by this we know that we are the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments verse 3 for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Glory to God. Amen. Father, I just pray that you speak to me, through me, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I've been saying that in our journey to building one city, my prayer has been, God, let us be a modern day example of the early church movement, amen? That has been my prayer. Let your power manifest and let your word be planted in our hearts. Let your word be seen in this community that we will become a modern day example of the early church movement. And I often see people idolize the early church movement they say things like, in the early church they did not have this, in the early church they did not have this. Have you read the New Testament? My goodness, there were some of the most scandalous things that were happening. Like, you think you've seen scandals, go and read the New Testament. Read from Acts to the the first chapters of Revelation. And you see that even the first church, the early church, had some of its struggles and challenges Are you with me? But God was still moving, amen? This small group of people who were even seen as a cult, as an offshoot of a Jewish sect, from 120 people to 3,000 people to thousands and thousands and 2,000 years later, two billion people claim to follow Jesus. I'll be the first to tell you that the church is not perfect. And now, what I mean by that is the capi- um, the small letter C church. I mean the local assembly. The church is not perfect. But God is our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. And he said, I will build my church. Now you may be looking at me and saying, you're saying this because you're a pastor. No, I'm telling you because that's the reality of the situation. The church is not perfect. There are no perfect churches, but there are healthy churches. You hear what I said? Amen. There are no what? Perfect churches, but there are what? Healthy churches. What I want us to build is a healthy church. Amen. We will not be perfect. God is perfecting us. We will get there. Amen. But we can build a healthy church. And it's from the leadership to the rest of us. It's a two-way street. Glory to God. Amen. I need your response. Amen. What we see, the Apostle John is telling us, he's telling us that if we who gather as one city claim to love God, if we say we love God and we don't love love the person beside us, then we are liars, (laughs) says we are liars, says we are liars, says we are liars. That you, if, you've not, if you've not loved the person beside you and you say you love God who you've never seen physically, then you don't love God. So last week we learned about our uh, vertical um, experience where we must lift Jesus up and plant him as the center. Of our worship experience, but now God is telling us that as we are looking up to Him, we should look around us. We must have a horizontal experience as well. Amen. That this love that we've received is shown horizontally, is shown when we look around us. It's shown when we look down. Are you with me? You're tracking with me. Now, you agree with me? People are hard to love. Abi. Like one of your modern day prophets said, at the end of the day, everybody's going to have the first meal of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true now, he, he said almost everybody, if I ever ask for your husband, oh my goodness. But he said, he said, last, last, everybody will chop breakfast. And what he was trying to say is, at the end of the day, some people will have their hearts broken, right? In a way he's right. In a way he's right. People are hard to love. And is the people that are hard to love, God is saying that we should love. My goodness. And the proof of our love for God is that it is our love in people. So I know that many of us have probably come from different communities, we've come from former churches or something, and we've probably had different experiences. I want to apologize for the experience you had. I really want to. Unfortunately, many of us, rather, rather than become bridges to Jesus, we've become barriers who've become barricades blocking others from seeing Jesus rather than being billboards or being bridges to Jesus something may have been said to you done to you I really want to apologize you're not perfect people I'm not excusing what they've done I'm saying that you're not perfect people. Someone should read quickly Luke 17 verse one. Let me just read it very quickly, I'll read the KJV. The KJV says, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible, Jesus is saying, it is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come you are going to be offended in this life. Let me also say that you will offend someone. You're going to offend somebody, whether we like it or not. We're going to offend somebody. It is impossible that, it is impossible for offenses to not come other translations use the word temptations it says but what to him through whom offenses come now this sermon is about how do we not be the ones through whom offenses come amen amen now one of the things I've tried to establish in the years as a pastor is that we should not excuse our bad characters and say it's because of the way we are born or blame it on some um, um, astrological sign or anything like that, but that the Holy Spirit has come to transform us. And that is the main message of the gospel. Amen. I've said several times, the gospel has not come to make us good people, but has transformed us from what? The inside out. So many times what we see in churches, um, we see a religious spirit where uh, 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 rules and regulations are kept to don't sleep around, stop getting drunk, stop Doing this, stop doing that. Meanwhile, people end up following rules and don't even know why they are following rules. Meanwhile, God wants to transform us, and it's the journey of transformation is from the inside out. Do you know what the Lord called the Pharisees? They're hypocritical Pharisees, He calls them whitewashed sepulchres. Do you know what that means? They are nothing but dead on the inside. They look good on the outside, but it's deadness that is inside. But God has come to redeem us from that. So the journey of transformation starts from what? Inside what? Out. Amen. Amen. I'm leading somewhere. So God's love first comes to us. The Bible tells us that while we we were yet sinners, Christ died for us before your great-grandparents thought of getting married and having their children god died for you and there's nothing you would have done to or you will ever do to earn it or deserve it you can't pay for it you can't afford the debt that your sin is piling but the love of god hallelujah was shown in the person of christ jesus and And we saw that climax at the cross where Jesus took our place and paid our debt exchanging what was meant for us. He took that on. So the love of God is evidence in Christ Jesus and what he accomplished. Now our duty is to accept that love. Amen. Accept that love and love him back. Now that we've accepted the love of God and we love him back, he's saying that our proof of his love, of our love for him, is to love one another, but not to love um, the people, not just the people around us, our friends. Jesus said that's too easy. It's easy to love the person beside you because they look good, they look like you, they talk like you. He says you're to love your enemies. Have you ever... Admire somebody from far. Then the person opened their mouth. Please, now, can we be honest in this church? Why are you guys, has it happened? And am like, wow, this fine person like this. All this foul nonsense can come out of a person. Then, conversely, have you judged somebody before? Be honest. Then, let me finish now. Have you judged someone before? Then the person started to show themselves then you just like, God forgive me for judging this person. You see, God does not want us to walk like that. Where we are choosing people because of how they dress, how they look, how they sound, how they smell, their um, backgrounds. God wants us to love everybody as he loves them. Do you know the person sitting beside you is not an ordinary person? that Jesus died for them and God is saying that we must love them as he has loved us. Now bringing back to how do we tie this into building one city as we are building one city Jesus has told this house, Luke 17 verse 1, it is impossible for offense to come but woe to him through whom the offense comes. Now many of us have dealt with church hurt or are dealing with church hurt, it's even possible that I have offended you. It's even possible someone here has offended you. Some of us have stayed in this church because someone hugged them. Some of us have left because they probably forgot to reach out to them. Of that, I I genuinely apologize. We'll work to do our best. But speaking about offense, offense is one of the gates the enemy uses to get into a person's life and into the church. Now, I've said several times, the enemy cannot get your salvation, so he will do his best to make us function in such a way that we live less than what God has called us to be. And one of the gates that we allow the, and we give permission to the enemy is through what? Offense. Offense is when we've allowed anger to um, metastasize, is that the word? To become something else. It's no longer just anger. It has become a cancer. It's eating you up. It's poisoning you. Oh, yesterday I was at an event and um, Vanessa said something. She said, um, offense, or was it unforgiveness? Which is what I'm leading to. She said, unforgiveness is like taking poison, hoping that the other person will die. So offense will come, right? I want you to get that in your mind. What Jesus is saying is pray that you're not the one that it's coming through. And secondly, you should prepare to be offended. So getting angry is not a sin. It's what your anger turns into. If it turns into a cancer, that it starts to poison you. And not just that. You carry that thing and start to spread it. The enemy laughs. He rejoices at that. Offense will come, I'll say something you don't like, somebody will step on your brand new stilettos, somebody will do something, how did you guys look at my shoe, that was weird. Somebody will step on your toe. somebody will do something, one, we should pray that it's not through us offense comes, and two, prepare for offense, anger will come but don't let it turn cancerous that is eating up your mind, eating up your spirit. It is a gate of the enemy, I'm telling you, which now leads me to unforgiveness. Forgiveness, eh? Because we received the love of God. God loved us and forgave us all our sins. All our dead, not some, he forgave us what? All, 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 amen. So I'm going to teach you the art of forgiveness, which is something we are supposed to function in. Number one is that you accept and receive the forgiveness of God, and Kelly uh, um, beautifully led that in prayer. She said what, accept and receive what? The, sorry, love and forgiveness of God. Are you guys getting me? So number one is what? Accept and what? Receive the forgiveness of God. And the second thing is, you need to forgive yourself. Did you hear what I said? Many of us are carrying around a weight of our past. One of the, 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 the gates the enemy uses, again, is shame. Oh, you feel you've done something terrible in your past. You cannot, you cannot function as, as you should. You feel like you've done something that is so terrible. As far as I'm concerned, the blood of Jesus washes away all kinds of sins. No sin is too great for the blood of Jesus to wipe. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me? So when you receive the forgiveness of God, the second thing you need to do is what? Forgive yourself. Amen. Who you were doesn't matter anymore. Hallelujah. It is who you are now in Christ Jesus. You are a forgiving one. Amen. We have been forgiven in Christ Jesus, which means our sins have been wiped away. So let that forgiveness also show in our lives. Amen. I don't care what you've done. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing in the Bible, that his love has been spread in our hearts. His forgiveness has wiped away all our sin, all our shame, and now we are one in Christ. Forgive yourself. Amen. Amen. And the third thing is you need to forgive others. Woo. I Are struggling with that, right? Struggling with that. I, I, I learned this the hard way. Some people had offended me or I wanted to plead my case. And one of our mentors called called me, she had, she had like a vision or something and she called, actually it was Eva and I, she called us and she said God, like she did not know, God just was just speaking to her and we we're going to have a meeting that night with um, the people um, we were having a grievance with and early in the morning God had told her to call us immediately. This was a meeting she was not aware of but we, we went to the house, um, Eva's parents, I do not say it was Eva's parents, but it was Eva's parents, uh, to us. they told us that God said, we should first receive the forgiveness of God. We should forgive ourselves. Then that we should ask for forgiveness. Ah. Eva, have not, Eva said no. She told her parents no. She said no. Because all, we, we, we're like, no. We have a case to plead. Do you understand? Like, we've not done anything wrong, at least in our mind. Ah, it was a hard lesson. We cried like babies. But God, we did it. We did it. We did it. (laughs) But you know God, did an amazing thing through that testimony. God did an amazing thing. It was hard. It was hard, trust me. It was hard. Now, whether it's asking for forgiveness or forgiving others, it's something we must extend. It is impossible for offense to come, but forgiveness is a command. You hear what I said? Forgiveness is what? A command. Unforgiveness is drinking poison, hoping someone else is going to die. It could be your stepmother, it could be an ex, it could be a boss, it could be a colleague, it could be a sibling, your parent. You need to Get rid of unforgiveness. You are poisoning yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you this. You know, Vanessa said something to um, yesterday at her event. Closure, you will not like this, is overrated. Oh, thank you. Closure is overrated. You must not know why they broke up with you. You must not know why. You must not know the end of it. You must, I must know. I must know. (laughs) I must know. It is overrated. Release yourself. See, unforgiveness is putting on lens that makes you not see clearly. So forgiveness is taking off the lens of resentment, anger, hate, malice, and seeing through the eyes of Christ in mercy, love, and compassion. Do you hear what I said? you think Jesus is coming and asking, why Why did you slap, and he's asking the Roman soldier, why, 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 why did you do what you did? Of course, he's Jesus, he knows, but do you understand? Like he's pouring out, Je- ah, what's the passion of the Christ? Maybe some of you should just go and watch so that you have at least a mental image of, or just go to the text again. This man, he was going through the, to the cross. People that were celebrating him a week ago were saying crucify him. He was carrying his cross. They were stoning him, they were beating him. People he died for, people he created. People he created, fashioned from things he created, whips to take him out. And the Roman soldiers who come one will slap him and will say, "Who's uh, prophesy? Who, who slapped you? Who slapped you? You think if it's me, I'll not call down fire. Or like Elijah call down and um, call out um, uh, um, lions and bears, take out these guys. But Jesus was showing us something. Do you know there was someone that offended me? Every time I think of it, and I feel like I had to respond, I'm telling you, I'll see the image of the cross, and I'll be angry. (laughs) Yes, I'll be angry, because I know what it meant. Do you understand? What he was showing me was, see, look at you. Look at you, and I was angry every time I wanted to take action, I will see a vivid image of the cross in my mind. How many of us have seen this film, Um, Fireproof, the movie? Is this Christian film? Um, So the the main character, he's complaining to, was it his father or his father-in-law? I think his father. And he was complaining to his father, his wife does this, his wife does this. The old man was just listening to him, listening to him. And I don't know, there was like a garden and there was a wooden cross there. Like his wife does this, his wife does this, his wife does this. And the old man just went and just kept quiet and just leaned on the cross. The man, he looked at the man, looked at the cross, looked at it. He was like, no. For me i i don't do this You was making like everything you think she has done to you you've done to christ and worse but god forgave you what i'm saying is hard but we can only do that when we have received the love of god received his forgiveness forgiving ourselves I'm telling you, we will be able to function in the art of forgiveness, to forgive just as he has forgiven us. Do you know this thing affects your prayer life? You don't know? What's the Lord's prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, let's say it, Thy will be done on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Hey, no, don't mumble that part. Let's say it together and forgive us Mm-hmm. As we for woo, it affects your spiritual life, it affects your spiritual life. Those of you unmarried, start practicing forgiveness now. I'm telling you, because the Bible says, Listen, no matter as if you're, if you're, if you're a man, if you don't have forgiveness in your heart, your prayers will not pass your ceiling. I'm telling you. If you don't have forgiveness. Now, I, I will say, those of you who attended classroom on Wednesday, we talked about forgiveness a bit. And Matthew 18, Peter asked Jesus, if my brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive me? You know, seven times, right? Like seven, is the perfect number, Lord. Do you understand? It's per- Jesus said, it's 70 times seven. But do you know, I believe the interpretation is, is not just that, let's say Michael offends me, right? Like he just did, but like, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But let's say he offends me, right? That particular offense is what I should forgive 70 times seven. If he does another offense, is a new Slato. So you should have like an abacus in your mind label it, you understand? That's why forgive and forget is not biblical. It's not. Because anytime time it comes to mind, what you should say is, I forgive you. Because let's be honest, we don't really forgive and forget, do we? Let's be honest now. Am I speaking to honest people in this house? Some memories come to mind, Abby. We clench our fists, our, our blood pressure goes up, we grind our teeth just from in memory what the Lord is saying So when that memory comes say I forgive you you don't need closure sometimes they don't even need to know you're forgiving them I'm sorry I'm just saying it as I see it <laughs> they don't need to know Are you with me? Guys, are you with me? Because if we don't allow, if we allow unforgiveness fester, it becomes cancerous. In Mesters, I want to sound brilliant. It becomes something else. (coughs) It becomes something else. Are you with me? It becomes a cancer. It becomes an offense and demonic activity. Now find authority and room through offense. That's it. Before Peter had that conversation, Jesus was saying in Matthew 18, he said, if a brother sins against you, go quickly and settle it with that brother. Go quickly and settle it with that brother. You know what he said? He said, you've gained a brother. Amen. Do you know what we do in the church? We go, we spread it. We spread it. So because I'm hurt, this person must be hurt. Because I'm hurt, this person must be hurt. Then a whole sect of people cancerous, because someone has just spread their own offence. So if somebody offends you in this church, walk up to the person and say it. There was a brother that was in this church. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, we stop seeing you. Stop picking any of our calls. Months later. I, re- I reached out to him, and he was like, what happened? I said, what happened? He said, somebody offended him. I said, who? He said, no, he's not me and Eva. then who? He he's one of our leaders. I'm not going to say who, so that. But if you're thinking you're the one, you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he said, one of our, I said, and you know, it was a joke they made. A joke. This person went, and he just, he said, It was so confusing because he said, you and Pastor Eva are great people. You don't judge people, but people in your church judge people. I was like, okay, then why don't you report to us? He said, maybe you. It was so unnecessary. Do you understand? Guys, I'm begging, as we build one city, if anybody steps on your toe, walk up to the person and tell them. Do you understand? If the person refuses, we are still small. Walk up to Pastor Eva. Pastor Eva is too busy for you, walk up to Pastor Jetty. Do you understand, like, there should be protocols of this. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You know how, um, I don't know if you've seen movies of, before Inuk goes off in America, there has to be like, um, they take it to, I think it's like DEFCON 1, 2, 3, I, I'm just trying to remember, Code Red or Code Orange or whatever, do you get what I'm saying? Like, create protocols in your mind, because you know what the Lord says, as long as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. With how many people? All men. All men. So there should be protocols in your mind before you press, that, press the nuke button. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Before you just say this, how these people are. So create protocols in your mind. This person offended me. Okay, I'm going to excuse this. I forgive them. If they do it again, I walk up to them and say, please... And this thing you said or you've done, do you mean it? Or do you understand? If the person doesn't apologize, carry them to their leader. Do you understand? If the, the leader doesn't, let's say the person is a servant leader, if the, the leader doesn't solve the issue, escalate. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like there should be protocols. Even in our offices, Abby, there's a way. They don't just call you to HR first. Abi, even if HR, they give you um, how many... What's that thing? They give query. How many, what's, how many, what's the three, and you're out. What I'm saying is, even in our spiritual work, let there be protocols for how we deal with offense, and not just allow it fester. Listen, one city, are you listening to me? Some of you need to, today, before this service is over, you need to mention that person's name and say, I release you. You don't need to call them. If you can, fine, but you need to say, I release you, I forgive you. I don't like the way some people are looking at me. I'm serious, because you've been leave, allowing this person leave rent-free in your heart, in your mind. And remember, we pull down idols. So offense builds strongholds. Strongholds give room for demonic activity. You hear what I'm saying? So some of the people that will hurt you the most are some of the people that are sitting right beside you. And guess what? You may do the same. We cannot be perfect, but we can be healthy. Do you agree? We can be healthy. So let me even give you something, a strategy. I want you to pre forgive people. Tell two people beside you i forgiving you. No, 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 no. Tell, tell I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to start calling out people. If, I'm serious. Just forgive the person. So we really need to deal with offense in our life. Please don't let it room In our marriages, amen. In our marriages, please don't allow offense last more than a day. Don't go to bed angry. Are you with me? Those of us who are single, start practicing now. Tell yourself now. Tell yourself, it's now it starts. Forgive way before the offense has come. It starts now. Amen. It starts now. Live free. Oh, Jesus, live free. Do you know all forgiveness and offense, we are chaining ourselves and dragging weight for which Christ has saved you from. Live free. Okay, let me move on. Glory to God. So our vision is what? Everyone, everywhere, becoming one with God. That everyone, we will see all sorts of people. You know, I've said several times about our ministry, uh, the ministry of YWAP and how that's where Eva and I met. That's how we grow in God, in leadership and everything. We used to see people that would come for wild meetings, hi. I'm not joking, I lie. Ooh, Pash, I lie. You used to, okay, no, sorry. No, he's oh, a lie, it's a lie, He's a lie, it's a lie. <laughs> no, he's a lie, Pash. Pash is a good boy, he's a good boy. <laughs> he's a good boy. Okay, see, I'm not joking. Some of them are pastors now. I'm not one of them if you want it. <laughs> No, but for real. We saw God. It is. If it was me. But it's not me. Do you understand? Um, we really saw God transform them from inside out. Do you understand? Which now leads me to the next thing. I said the person sitting beside you is not an ordinary person. So we should not judge. And when I mean by judge, don't condemn a person. Are you with me? Um, there's something Eva says never, ah, how do you say, babe? Never despise someone in whom the spirit of God is in. Do you understand? Never condemn somebody that has the spirit of God. That's what John tells us. Anybody that is born of God, love that person because Christ died for that person. So let's say the person has made an erroneous mistake, like something that is on. You can't, an an unthinkable mistake. Never condemn that person. What God is able to do through that vessel, what God is able to do through that person, if that person submits, eyes has not seen, ears have not heard. So never, never condemn any person. Don't say the end to someone's story when God is just starting with that person. Amen. Which now brings us to the culture of the day where we cancel any and anything that seems offensive even in the body of Christ. No, 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 no. We don't, listen, don't tell me, I'm not accommodating sin. Are you listening? I'm not, ah, like a pastor I heard say, he says he will not accommodate sin, even his own. So even my own sin, I'm not going to accommodate it. Amen? But I won't condemn a person. Any and everybody is welcome in this church. And I won't write off a person when God is still writing their story. Amen. If you see what God can do through a person, I'm I'm nothing, I'm nothing. And God is just starting with me. God is just starting with me. Oh, like Pastor Irian says, God will make a name for himself with my life. God is just starting with me. My prayer is that I will be a bridge and a billboard. Amen. As people look to me, I'm pointing to Christ. As people look, at, look to me, I'm pointing to Christ. I'm pointing to Christ. Amen. Never write off anybody, and I will never. God being my helper. Amen. Does that mean I will accommodate sin? Nahi. Are you with me? I won't accommodate sin. Because the, ho- the church is a hospital. It's also a what? A barracks. Because God disciplines those he loves. Amen. But God, because what? God disciplines those he what? He loves. So we won't accommodate sin, but we will not write off people. God is still writing our story. Hallelujah. Philippians 1, 6. And God will perfect the work he has started in you. Amen. Amen. He's still writing our story. I don't care if you're here. Don't write off anybody. And don't write off yourself. Who are you? You don't have that much authority. God is still working in you amen once it even must yield to that amen. Amen. amen amen glory to god the last thing i want you i want us to, to to look at jude 23 and others saving with fear pulling them out of the fire that's a KJV, let me read the um the ESV. save others by snatching them out of the fire Woo! Amen. You hear what I said? Save others by what? Snatching them out of what? The fire. Say, let me say it again. Save others by what? Snatching them out of the fire. Can I be honest? Sometimes, and when I see some things that are happening in our church, in our community, in my head, I'll just be like, I don't want to. Let me not put my hand because it's not my business. I've tried to put my hand sometimes, I've been slapped. Have you? How many of us have been? I don't mean it physically. I, I, uh, have you seen that um, viral video of um, it was a surprise birthday, and, and <laughs> the, person, the person that they wanted to surprise was behind. Um, the friend that was aware of the surprise was in front. They had turn off the lights, and she was supposed to walk in the room, they turn on the lights and everybody shout surprise and sing happy birthday. This one, she just opened the door saying <laughs> happy birthday, <Joe. laughs> the video. sorry, sorry, sorry. But you guys have seen, well, often I've tried to, at my own discomfort, I've tried to interfere in certain things, and it has cost me, and I'm not going to stop if I see someone going down the wrong path. So I want you to just do this with me. Can you, everybody just breathe in? Just, just breathe in. One, two, go. Breathe out. Can you perceive that? No. I want that when we come to church, our church smells like smoke here's what I mean. Snatching them out of the fire, what are we going to do to get to the people God loves? If we see our friends and family going down the wrong path, should we turn our faces and say, it's not our business, not our, our concern, or do any and everything we can, often snatching them out of the fire, which means often we will get burnt. Do you hear what I said? You try and correct a friend, they will tell you, um, mind your business. Or they'll try to pull out the login, oh, you, you're not perfect and stuff. Yes, I'm not perfect, but Christ is perfecting me, and I know there's better for you. Amen? Amen. Does our church smell like smoke? I wonder when we come in here, people, there's a there's smell of smoke because we've done any and everything we can to get people out of fire. Hallelujah. We're afraid to reach out because we're afraid of getting burnt. We're afraid to pray for people, to um, restore people from their sins because we're afraid of getting burnt. It doesn't work that way. There was someone we did this to. We said it's not our business. She came back and said, we were not good friends. We saw her going down this path, and we let her continue. God has restored her. But this call for everyone everywhere, is not just for Pastor Jesse, and everyone everywhere, which means we'll meet some kind of people that you'll be like, guy, but by this, Special grace of God and by his spirit, hallelujah, we'll be able to what? Snatch people out of the fire. Amen. So if you don't know what the title of the sermon is, it's People Are Our Heart. Amen. People are what? Are our heart. Last week we learned Jesus at the center. Today is what? People are our heart. If we claim to love God one city, we will love his people. Amen loving his people are some of the hardest is one of the hardest things we will ever do. We will literally have to often it it feels like dying. Amen. So the solution to offense is towards pre forgive a person. Glory to God. And this morning before you leave, you're going to release yourself. You're going to call people's names and you're going to say I forgive you. Say, I release you. You're going to call your mother's name and say, Mom, I forgive you and I release you. You're going to call that friend that hurt you 10 years ago and you're going to say, I forgive you and I release you then you're not going to pray for yourself and say, by the grace of God, offense will not come through me. I will not be a barrier to people experiencing Jesus, that my life will be a bridge, a testimony, hallelujah, like I taught in classroom on Wednesday, that our character and our testimony must match. That's why one of the things we see unbelievers tell us is, they ask us, but I thought you were a Christian, because we are claiming one thing, but we are living another thing. So our character and our testimony must match. Glory to God! And the last thing is this: I want our church to smell like smoke. Now, here's what we're going to do for that: reaching out to people. It is each one, reach one, teach one. You hear what I said? Amen. You hear what I said? What did I say? Let's say it together: each one, reach one, teach one. Glory to God. And our strategy for evangelism is hashtag one more soul, Lord. One more soul. Lord, give us one more soul. We are interceding for people and we are reaching out to people, sharing the gospel with them. Many of you, start using your social media as a platform to tell about the love of God. Some of you will have more influence than I will ever have. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. And just start by saying I receive the forgiveness of God. Just say I I receive receive the forgiveness of God. Just say I receive the forgiveness of God. Just say I receive the forgiveness of God. Dad, I want you to forgive yourself. I don't know what you've done. See, from abortion, to murder, to malice, to fornication, adultery, God has forgiven you.